Hey, hello everyone. We're back here with Nobody's News Podcast. This is episode number two. And thank you everyone for the support you've given us with your views and your comments. We promise we really pay attention to all the feedback we get. And uh, we appreciate, you know, the attention that people are giving our little project here. It's, um, I have my co-host, Lee Will. And broadcasting live from an undisclosed location and he's also the editor-in-chief at nobody's news we were just talking before we started recording about you know kind of what the what the backbone of the idea of nobody's news is you know it's um how, how did you put it again you i know you had a I put uh, i put not only the first not only the first proud funded newspaper but the first proud sourced newscast for the people by the people yeah yeah i don't i don't mean to, i don't want to nerd out before we start but I, yeah i always was a big fan of old school uh, radio too like independent Absolutely. amateur radio and you know when i was a kid i always used to kind of fantasize about having a you know a pirate radio station and all that but when that's I don't know if you remember me telling you when I uh, lived in Pearsall, Texas, uh, in the town of Pearsall, there is an old radio station there, uh, and uh, it's right off of uh, it's right off of uh, 35, uh, and it was it's crossed from the the septic uh, sewer area there, so it wouldn't be the most uh, wouldn't be the most uh, fun place to be around when it's smelly but uh it's actually tucked away and i wanted to during covid i actually tried to convince my now ex-wife to allow me to use my uh veterans affairs va small business loan to purchase that radio station <laughs> and i was going to broadcast about uh the uh, pandemic, the plandemic, and uh, she was not only not happy about that idea, she had seen it firsthand. So <laughs> it would need some loving, tender, loving care. It's still got the towers. Um, I, you know, I doubt the equipment's in there. But brother, like I said, everything happens for a reason. And when you just said that, it just that I don't. Like I said, I think I'm pretty sure I told you about that radio station when we talked during the pandemic. Oh yeah. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but keep going. No, uh, the first, um, it, I just made that thought about it when you're talking about the radio station, that maybe it's better that we're doing a podcast because uh, the more that I think about it, I don't think it's really good to be near that much uh, high-powered radio equipment all the time. Yes. I did Great actually, point. I used to hear something about old radio, professional radio guys, that it was kind of a known thing that uh, you would end up with some kind of affliction from being around yes. all the electro radiation and such. Yes, you are correct. And that uh, was one of the reasons why I wanted to broadcast about the five there was a 5g tower that was uh, being put in uh there in pearsall right off of i-35 literally right down from 
the radio station and I said it was an old AM radio station. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, 50s, 60s. We're, we're talking back in the day. And I wanted to make it a point to be able to broadcast to the local area. You know, you don't understand. Do your homework on these 5G towers. Why is that 5G tower ginormous compared to the 4G tower? And then you look at the 4G tower power supply and the power, power supplies that required uh, previous iterations of this cell phone network. And you go, well, wait a minute, why does this 5G tower need the same power supply hookup as a skyscraper building compared to the previous iterations that were, you know, only uh, using the same equivalent uh, power output as a residential, you know, your standard residential uh, house. And once you start digging down those lines and you start understanding that there's so much more to this and it all... It all became apparent to me uh, when I was in high school uh, and I was, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what I was going to do with my life. And um, I had come across a news article about the Clinton administration granting indemnity immunity to the telecom industry. And that made me wonder, why would they need immunity? (laughs) So that created this drive for me to understand what, you know, exactly my mom was holding in her hand. And when she put it to her head, you know, was that thing frying her brain like a microwave as I understood, you know, analog signals. And, uh, and then there was a movie that came out in 2003 that just, and it was produced by Elon Musk, the irony. He's one of the Mm -hmm. executive producers of the movie. Thank you for smoking. And in that movie, Thank You for Smoking, it's about three lobbyists in D.C., Washington, D.C., and how they, one is a gun lobbyist, the other one is an alcohol, you know, lobbyist, and then the other one's a tobacco lobbyist. And uh, and how they swindle politicians and manipulate things to get funding and whatnot. Well, the, the movie is comical and it's satire, but it's actually part of this plan where they reveal... At the very end of the movie, this lobbyist who used to be for the tobacco companies that were getting sued, he then transitions his career to the cell phone industry. And at the very end of the movie, he said, they talk, he asks them, so tell me guys, is it true? Does cell phones cause brain cancer? And you have Verizon, you know, all the major telecoms sitting and they're like, well, you know, the studies, blah, blah. and he goes, okay, guys, hold up. He goes, repeat after me. As of today, there is no conclusive evidence that cell phones cause brain cancer. And then the credits roll. And if you keep watching those credits, Elon Musk is one of the executive producers of that film. All right. Now, that all tracks back to Tesla and the AI-controlled 5G Starlink infrastructure that was a military communications apparatus that has now been commercialized. All right. And that that infrastructure is by design will be connected to your vaccine passport. All right. So that when you get into your electric vehicle, if you don't have the latest Bill Great Gates booster, you don't get to go into the city to buy food, let alone go into the store to have access to that food. Mm -hmm. And that is the key to all of this is that that is why they're getting rid of diesel and gasoline, you know, combustion engines, knowing damn well they know how to make an engine run on water for half a century but again you have to you have to get that this is something 
that is by design to keep us down, just like the education system has been severely limited uh, in comparison to, you know, previous generations receiving a college level, you know, high school education. Now, you know, we're trying to figure out what bathroom to use. Sorry, keep going. Or even the mental health uh, industry, psychiatry and psychologists and uh, you know, the psychoactive drugs industry. And there's, I guess, a big um, theme of this show is going to be control because most of our topics kind of loop back to the idea of um, that. Freedom. Yeah, like, you know, over the years, like there was a lot of um, attention that got went to things like Agenda 21, was it? Uh, these, right. you know, these different plans that got uh, exposed. But to me, it doesn't like the individual plans don't matter. Which, what what matters is there's a there is a constant push on all fronts to enact that kind of control over uh, populations. And one of the things that I bring up to people, one of my predictions is that uh, one of the best case scenarios is that in the future, there's just going to be a schism in society between cities and, you know, population centers that'll have all of these rules and control and, you know, zero emission rules with no combustion. And if you want to live, you know, some kind of a, a life of any kind of independence, you're going to be essentially banished to fend yes. for yourself. That's, that's one that's of my predictions. Movie. Yeah. There's a great movie that illustrates this perfectly. Right, called Demolition Man with Wesley Snipes, mm -hmm. Sylvester Stallone, and Dennis Leary, right, who is an Irishman with the same kind of you know uh, brash humor as myself, and uh, he portrays the character perfectly of me. Uh, if you want to think, you know, like my ex-wife said I am uh, the Forrest Gump version of Jack Reacher <laughs> and then mix in a little Dennis Leary and uh, there you go. And that is me all the way. And in that movie, it, it illustrates how society, they will dictate everything you say from genders to politics. And you can't even swear, you know, and that uh, everything's listening to you. Everything is monitoring you. Uh to the whole extent that they even have inoculations and injections involved in this. And I watched it recently, having not seen it for two decades, and it hit so much more harder now knowing what I know, but remembering that that was a movie that had a profound impact on me as a adolescent because I was like, oh, hell no. I'm not going to be the last <laughs> my wiener virgin, 40 years old, sipping on a celery shake in, you know, my pajamas on a Friday night, you know, but that's what they want. And that movie, that's a reference, that's a line Dennis Leary uses uh, uh, because in the movie everybody there's no songs anymore they're jingles from old commercials you know so like i'm an oscar meyer wiener and, and it's it's pretty funny like it's a sylvester Stallone, some of his greatest work and it's really uh unfortunate that it didn't get and sandra bullock is also in it too mm. and uh 
So point is, is that I don't know if have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, no, I I always try to tell people about it. It it's it kind of got swept away as just one of those uh, corny action movies, but the right. it's a it to me that movie is right on the same level as uh, like Idiocracy, in terms yes. of some of the best uh, oh, near man. future near future satire where. It it was just a little bit too ahead, like it was it was just looking a little bit too far where people didn't really get it at first. I don't think, because I don't remember anyone. Yeah, I don't remember anyone really analyzing it that way back, you know, in the '90s and 2000s. But nowadays, I think for people like us, it's kind of looked at as uh, it's a good a documentary. Yeah, it's almost a really good introduction for to, like if you have someone if you know someone who's not plugged into alternative thought these days, that's a good movie to just put on and say, "Ah, yeah. ah just got to elbow them at certain this is parts." Your future. Yeah, especially cuz we're future. in that future, right? Here here's your Crocs. Take your your state issued Crocs and uh, get in your box and uh, be happy. You know, yeah, unfortunately, there's no doubt about it. I, I just, I had to make a point. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I know all the rest of that, but the, the, the key to that movie Demolition Man was the idea of fear, you know, and using money as fear, you know, and using uh, the threat of force with bots, you know, and robots and just on a level that, <coughs> excuse me, if you go back to the movie, Thank You for Smoking, again, when those credits roll, and, you know, I was just paying attention and I, I do. I have a screenshot of it. You know, it says executive producer Elon Musk. And in 2003, nobody knew who Elon Musk was, just like nobody knew, you know, not many people had seen the movie Demolition Man. So so do you think Elon Musk is essentially uh, kind of um, like, uh, how would I put it? Like he's almost like a media agent for yes. oh, some yes, for some kind of a... Because it makes sense why he would um, kind of be put into this uh, space of being a counterculture figure. Well, he's a military contractor first and foremost, and people forget that. People don't understand what Starlink was, how you just can't launch space satellites into space without Russia thinking it might possibly be an ICBM, mm. all right? And then again, like I said, the infrastructure for that Starlink uh, apparatus, I know personally through my professional career in the military and having worked for the government and understanding how that communication satellite, you know, and then the receiver on the ground, what we think of as smart meters, you know, 5G smart meters are everywhere, 5G this, everything that you connect the Internet of Things. Well, back then. It was just a big giant, you know, uh, uh, a satellite infrastructure in the sky for military communications, government, you know, secure encrypted communications. And just like the government invented the Internet, that entire military infrastructure, when that satellite would beam down to us to receive the information, to go online, whatever you want to call it, uh, our SATCOM uplink, it had to be a you know it had to be in a in a vehicle back then because of the the power you required the wattage required and uh, and to be able to uh, uh, the amp I should say the amperage required and uh, so to be able to replicate that now that you know everything is nano we didn't have that technology 20 years ago so the point is is that when those vehicles would receive 
this satcom link if there was cloud cover it would break apart the signal and the reason why is because of the misconception that the people think 5g is just an internet speed when it they don't understand that it's a frequency broadband communication spectrum range mm. right and what that means is that the fcc has licenses just like back to the radio station you cannot or to be a ham radio operator in order to do that you need a license from the government in order to communicate over the airwaves and the reason why is because there are specific bands that are only for communication for government military law enforcement whatnot so when the fcc created the 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 infrastructure to regulate the internet that the government had invented right they had to separate the military bands out and those bands were of course the fastest bands which were all only able to be utilized by these giant machines that again were not able to be put in your hand at that time and so people didn't understand that that infrastructure that those bands 5g operates in a frequency hertz range between 50 to 65 gigahertz up to so you know like i said you can see different variations but at 60 gigahertz specifically at that frequency using ionizing radiation which is the same radiation from your phone mm. right same radiation that comes from your microwave that same technology that heats up your food by spinning the water molecules in your food to heat it up creating friction is the same technology that when it goes through a cloud that has moisture, it heats up those water molecules in the clouds and scrambles the signal and you can't receive the signal. And, and that's why it was very hard at times to get communication satcom links. The movie Lone Survivor is a great, great description of what I'm talking about with just a sat phone and how difficult it was back in 2005 to use a sat phone hmm. on a high peak and to get connection there. Like I said, it's very difficult, especially with moisture, humidity, condensation, but there's so many things that factor in. And so my point being is that with all of these technologies that they're all designed to be augmented with each other, that we've been spoon fed each one compartmentalized with a basic utility application so that we would digest it and swallow it. And now here we are literally holding our own surveillance devices in our hands. And so this is like, so what, what they call 5G has, is a technology that's existed for a long time, but the name oh, yeah. 5G, the branding of it is just kind of a way a to, to introduce it to the public. And Pete, like, you know, every single person I've ever talked to who knows anything about electronics or radio equipment or knows about like electrical engineering, anything like that, all of them yep. are whistleblowers about 5G. There's no, there's no people I've ever talked to that are smart in those areas that aren't, you know, worried about what they're doing with it. Because, because uh, I think we, we talked before we started recording about how uh, this ties in with the idea of uh, using vaccines as a, as a delivery vehicle for means of control through, you know, these, uh, uh having this, um, band of radio waves that are, that can be, you know, directed, focused, and could have, you know, effects on wide areas of populations, right? Definitely. And that's where the 5G smart meters come into play and people, 
that have already put them on their houses are already complaining. There's, I've seen footage of just the 5G smart meters being around bushes, and the bushes are all dead around it. Everything else is alive around it, but the bushes are dead. And that has significance to it. People don't understand what's happening there, all right? And that when those plants are dying, that that's essentially what's happening to all of us. It was what they want to do to us and that they have a means to do it. And like I said, whether you want to talk about chemtrails, chemtrail delivery, which is now kind of already been proven that yeah, our government controls our weather and does all of these things. Mm. You have to understand why they're doing it. It's the same reason with the synthetic Chinese fluoride, okay? That's a derivative. It's a waste product that is being put into our water to pacify us, all right? And in that same respect, people don't get it. They don't realize that we are literally being poisoned by these legal entities that are part of this conglomerate that understand what they're doing so that we pack ourselves full of heavy metals all right and by doing so we turn ourselves into a giant antenna all right by inhaling these things also and then you throw in the aspect of the vaccine and that is where all this comes into play because the payload is the key and for me understanding where the vaccine came from is how i came across the financial trail and i realized that wait a minute why did our government create this media campaign and this publicity stunt about outlawing gain-of-function bioweapons research in 2013, only to then take that money that was doing that gain-of-function research already, okay, mm. and funneling that money through America's most prestigious colleges and universities straight to the communist Chinese military in Wuhan to bypass this gain-of-function research. And I came across a doctor named Dr. Charles Lieber, who is tenured professor at Harvard. And I have a military background in WMD, uh, specifically uh, nuclear, biological, chemical, and radiological uh, weapons. And so when I came across this financial trail, it piqued my interest because I was one of probably a very few journalists who would be able to understand what I was reading. And it changed my life. It changed everything about me because I realized all of a sudden that not only were we being turned into biological weapons ourselves, but that is the gist of this whole thing is that they have two ways to play this game. There's two ways that this can end. One, we all are pacified little inoculated sheep with their latest and greatest Gates booster, um, or they're going to th turn it against us and use it as a weapon to instead pacify us, but to keep us in check. And how they can do that is by using Dr. Lieber's work. It was DARPA funded. And DARPA is, of course, the Defense Agency Research Project. Uh, they have unlimited funding. And their goal was to work back from the solution to create the problem so that the solution was baked in to the problem. And what they did is they realized, well, okay, cryptocurrency is where we want to go. How do we get there? How do we get rid of dollar bills? How do we get rid of money? How do we control the money system? And so they started working backwards, and there was a very famous <clears throat> founding father of the United States, uh, Dr. Benjamin Rush, and what he had written in the Constitution as an addendum that was never ratified is he wanted a medical 
Bill of Rights for citizens because he anticipated that the medical establishment would be taken over and commandeered mm. and used to enforce a medical dictatorship. So now we have these iterations of all of these different technologies that have allowed Dr. Lieber, Dr. Lieber to advance that idea on a biblical scale. And what he did is he developed what are known as viral, vi, uh, they're nanovirus transmitters that can attach to nanotube payloads at the genomic uh, sequencing, right at the, the specific genomic sequencing for any particular person. This is why Obama, when he goes to the bathroom, when Biden went to the bathroom, when Trump went to the bathroom, they literally had someone scoop their waste products out of the toilet so that their biological genome couldn't be sequenced so that they couldn't be targeted with a bioweapon. Hmm. Now, with that same idea, Dr. Charles Lieber is the one who came up with that. It was assembled under this guise, and it's literally a way to get rid of unwanted people in a very proficient way using the medical establishment as their and so now again now you look at it surgically now apply it apply that on an industrial level to a particular civilization like i don't know native americans hmm. again this history has not only repeated itself but it's why i'm here brother because if we don't tell this story, nobody else will. Yeah. Uh, you know, how I said, you know, a big theme of the show is control, but maybe uh, exactly. part of that is also depopulation. Because yes. when, you know, if you look at what, what it seems control to me. Yeah, what it would be through depopulation. Yeah, because what it seems to me is that whatever uh, group or whatever. Um, you know, founding ethic that's driving these projects, you know, with vaccines or with, uh, you know, the internet of things and 5G proliferation, you know, it's treating the entire human population like you would manage, you know, a population of wild animals in an enclosure. Exactly. And so... With that, a digital fence. Yeah, so that's one thing that I feel like most people don't really get a good grasp on is that, you know, when I talk about, you know, that there's people wanting to control the general population and that uh, if you're not aware of what's going on, you're easily going to become cattle for whatever this group is. It's not just, right. it's not just freedom of thought. It's the fact that you're going to be unknowingly culled. You know, the, the population's yep. going to be slowly reduced in and you know the the methods that they're using and the methods that they're finding they're not giving any thought to whether it's going to be a hum any humane way of reducing the population and i i think no, i like how fact, you and, in fact no in fact they figured out a way to make money off of it. <laughs> that's the key it wasn't hmm. just about how to do it it was like how can we make money off of it so guess what guess what donald trump did he funded and fast-tracked that 5G infrastructure without conducting one safety test. I was one of the first to start publishing and asking the question, where is the government linked to any government website with any safety testing conducted by the Trump administration before he not only funded this 5G 
biometric vaccine passport in- infrastructure. Show me the safety testing that they conducted to make sure it was safe. Why? Because I understood what those 5 5G towers did. And so if you understand what ionizing radiation does, for me specifically, my professional career, I understand about military spycraft. And I understood that the Russians back in the, the Cold War era, decades ago, had developed a technology where they could plant spy bugs that didn't have a battery and mm. then turn those bat that those spy plugs on those spy bugs on remotely without a battery and listen in and that they were virtually undetectable right and how we discovered this was they had given a wood gra- wood engraving clock or something like that or statue to a president and then all of a sudden everything that the president was saying you know they were getting back through uh actionable intel and counterintelligence that's you know how the hell are these guys able to you know hear these things and find this out and what they discovered was that russia had developed a device that if you pointed ionizing radiation at it that it would turn on and devices specifically surveillance devices you cannot detect them unless they are transmitting and so that was the key is that you always had to have a battery in it and that battery whenever that battery died then you would stop transmission but it also stopped the bug from being detectable and that battery before you know nanotechnology they didn't have the means in which to just shut the battery on and off remotely hmm. so this is where that came into play to, for you to understand how our government can turn on your cell phone without a battery in it and listen to you by just simply pointing ionizing radiation at you, all right, and at your, devi- at your device, and it turns your device on. And, and like I said, this has been a military capability for two decades, all right, that we've also been utilizing. It's why we handed out free cell phones to the Iraqis, all right, because we could listen to them, mm-hmm. all right. And then we also knew that they would turn around and take those cell phones and rig them to explosives and try to blow us up. So we, like I said, had a pretty good idea where they were, what was going on. And that I realized right then and there, I'm like, man, this is what they're trying to do in America. They're going to do the same thing, you know, and that that was the entire point behind it. And so if you understand Dr. Lieber's work, those nanotubes that Dr. Lieber was able to develop, he uses graphene oxide that is a self-replicating uh, uh, apparatus that has, you know, it's on a nanoscale. And when you direct vibrational ra- radiation, whether it's ionizing radiation, or like I said, you have, there's, I, I don't even want to get into light spectrums now, because that'll just, we'll be here for a whole nother hour. But the point <laughs> yeah. being is that when it, when it comes to vibrational frequency, like ionizing radiation, it's a frequency. It's a, it, people don't get that. It's a vibration. And that when that happens and it's applied to those graphene nanotubes, they, the, the, the work that Lieber was claiming to have successfully uh, completed was the advancement of delivering medicine to patients at the nano level so that he could take out cancer cells using these nanotubes with their little specific cancer killing payloads. Mm. Well, guess what? I can also show you footage of Microsoft hiring doctors and in a very, very interesting interview where this doctor talks about being able to shut cells on and off and to just shut them off. And I said, well, if they can shut your cells off, that means they can shut you off. Okay. 
and that Microsoft has not only been a part of that technology, again, this is part of DARPA, they, they hired the best and the brightest, they got unlimited funding. I used to make fun of GOP all the time because they would accuse me of being a CIA spook, and I said, yeah, I wish. I said, you wish, I, or I said, or, uh, yeah, they'd say, accuse me of being CIA, and I'd laugh, and I'd say, you spelled DARPA wrong. I was like, CIA wishes they had DARPA's funding, you know, as a joke, just because I had done a couple things, and, you know, so it was kind of a joke because I knew somebody was trying to come at me from a type of way, and I came back at that to let, you know, come came back at them in a way to let them know, okay, you want to keep playing games, I'm going to beat you at it, and here we are, you know, uh, and, you know, so I had make it, made it a, a, a point to post on GOP a couple times uh, about during the Trump administration's tenure, asking these simple questions. Why are there no safety tests for this 5G infrastructure? Why? Because those tests are classified, right? right? And the same reason that that 5G tower requires the same power output as a skyscraper building is the same reason they have to calibrate those 5G towers in the first place. Well, guess what? The military had to develop an instrument to calibrate that. And that is the key to all of this when I call anybody out when they claim to know what they're talking about. I tell, I ask them, like, okay, tell me what the name of the calibration device is to calibrate that 5G tower. And that separates the, the, the groupies from the rock stars real quick, brother. And like I said, I'm the real deal. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. That's why I'm here. And that those kind of technologies, especially when they're mixed with um, the nanotechnology that you were mentioning, I just I still don't think there most people even believe that those technologies are at the at the point they're at because that level of control people would ask, well, why aren't we seeing it happening already? It's, well, how would you know? You know, you could, they like with the depopulation uh, agendas that they have going, they just have, you know, the means to reduce the population and they use it. And then they worry about what they're going to come up with as an excuse later. You well, know, no, 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 no. The depopulation is is part of the psyop. That's what you get. That that was the beauty of the 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 nationwide clinical trial that Donald Trump volunteered America for. Hmm. People don't get that. People don't get that. That is how the solution was baked into the problem, using fear one, so that they could play both sides against the middle for maximum profits. Which again, I followed the money. I know exactly where it went and who got what. That's why I ask. I, that's why. That's why I ask. Why not one single presidential candidate has called for an investigation into congressional insider trading regarding the pharmaceutical companies that then tried to mandate that same vaccine? All right. And the reason why is because it all comes back back full circle to Elon Musk and Neuralink. And that is the key to this, is that with people, when you talk about how controlling our minds that they can do it in so many subliminal ways that we don't even realize, and it's by design, they pay you trillions to d- develop these tactics we use them in the military for psyops they are geniuses at this they literally get paid to fuck with people that is their job right and so when you understand that and then you understand how the psyop was orchestrated you can really link back to the neuralink aspect and then really understand why donald trump did what he did right when he volunteered us for the nationwide clinical trial, when he signed the PrEP Act, he gave indemnity immunity to those pharmaceutical companies. All right, he not only—I I, I take that back—he renewed 
the already existing already the the already existing indemnity immunity for the pharmaceutical companies by signing the prep act and when he did that the key to that signature was that it was a two-part piece of legislation that was compartmentalized so that you you didn't realize that the 5g fast tracking infrastructure was part of it Hmm. because it happened two years beforehand right and i was the only one you know on glp raising my hand like hello does anybody know what this means like run and when i tried to explain it to people again i kept coming up against these these i call them uh the tesla bots man because there's no other way to explain how when you type in his name or the company or starlink all of a sudden a you know comment will be attacked or a thread will be attacked and i started paying attention to these things and taking notes and and so here we are to uh you know to to post names i guess or publish names but the gist of it is that when i started realizing what i was dealing with the neuralink aspect was always ringing in my mind in december 2019 when I had come across an article about Tesla's being sold in China and then all of a sudden the next article after that article was about how China had mandated a national vaccine policy on December 1st, 2019. And right around that same time we're starting to see all these videos come out of China people collapsing right around the same time the vaccine was being rolled out that our media was blaming on COVID, mm. all right? And so when you start realizing that all of these things were already pre-planned, they were orchestrated. Our media never mentioned that the people that were dying in the streets that we saw those Chinese videos, all those Chinese videos, that they were all recently vaccinated because of this national mandate that China had enacted before COVID was even a thing here in America. Mm-hmm. All right. And when you start really really looking into that, you realize that again you start doing the numbers with the vaccines, how many needed to be made, the requirements, how long it would have been uh to take to develop, and that's when you start realizing that's why they changed the name to SARS-CoV-2 and whatnot. And it all follows back to this clinical trial. That's why there's all these different brands that were released. Why? Because each one has a particular function. Some are to sterilize, all right? Some are part of the Neuralink uh clinical trial that mm-hmm. again is part of the graphene oxide that they're finding in and then this is the point is that they dismiss all of that by the depopulation propaganda narrative so that people are like oh, okay yeah they just want to kill us but they don't realize that that they're using that fear to steer the conversation away from how they're going to control us using the other three that they have implemented for reasons again mm-hmm. like i said some sterilize some are designed to control us and some are designed to slowly kill us all right and not only have i been able to follow the money to verify that i actually wrote in 2020 as trump's vaccine was being rolled out i wrote about how this binary biphasic bioweapon wasn't designed to kill you rather it was engineered in a communist chinese military bioweapons lab to make you wish you were dead and that was my signature on virtually anything that i published just to make it a point to these people that again it's not they're going to use the deep yes it yes it's experimental and it, it's going to kill people yes but that is they they could care less like you said about that their real goal is to use the fear and then be able to control you as a result of that with these pre-planned agendas already in place and it all goes back to neuralink like i said back to that military contractor elon musk and starlink and how all of those things 
when you go back and then you start researching Dr. Charles Lieber and you realize, holy shit, why did Dr. Charles Lieber and Neuralink have a clinical trial on animals that killed all the animals? Mm. Well, we're not allowed to talk about that, though. And I started to publish those links and all of a sudden GLP shut me down again, you know, and they would not let me post anything that I was, you know, discovering then. And uh, so, you know, back to that control aspect, Neuralink is the end game in that they're using, like I said, the guise of delivering medicine through nanotubes that will be vibrated through 5G ionizing radiation to kill cancer cells. It's actually a payload that they can put anything in those nanotubes to kill you at any specific time that they want. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. You know, it, it's interesting that uh, Elon Musk comes up so many times because, you know, one of the only other things he's known for, too, is his uh, tunnel boring company. So it's kind of interesting that out of all things, that's another aspect of his uh, empire is being oh, uh, yes. some kind of leader in tunnel boring technology. And to me, that that probably just signifies that it's the same deal with Neuralink, where his tunnel boring company uh, is just a front. It's the public face of the, the right. technology that's already been being used for probably setting oh, up yeah. uh, deep underground military bases and such. Yes. And, and <laughs> the trumpet, remember all the, uh, all the trumpet videos that went viral, people posting, hearing strange sounds in the sky. You know, I do believe that... Uh, uh, I swear on my life that if North Korea could beat us in the Korean War using tunnels, what do you think they did for the last 60 years in that little hermit nation right next to China? And again, I believe that there is an apparatus that is in place that has literally been setting up to dig tunnels in places so that they can infiltrate us in different aspects, not just the deep underground military bases, but like I said, that there is that tunnel boring, I believe, you know, uh, and I hate to say it because I love Canada, but you know, if, if, if China wanted to dig a tunnel under the border to the United States, I'm sure Trudeau would have no problems making that happen. And uh, like I said, in all those trumpet sounds you hear in all these different places, I believe is something along those lines, brother. I really do. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't want to get down too many other tangents, but one of the other things right. that that I wanted to add into this is uh, when we're talking about full spectrum control of populations, uh, I just want to get what your opinion is. Do you think... Um, manufactured spiritual or religious experiences are something that the, you know, groups are kind of keeping in their back pocket as a wild card? Uh, It's not that they're, I, I think that all of this is designed to fool people into thinking that their heritage particularly their religious ancestry is being, you know, fulfilled in a particular way. And that because they have the technology to mimic these things, uh, that it would be very simple to 
create a may you know a messiah-like figure for them to prop up right in the same respect using you know whether it's black magic you know the astral realm you know these things that you and i you know talk about that we understand you know just from spirit meditation you know uh, spiritual meditation and and grasping and harnessing that energy in a way to fool you know uh people in into not only showing their true colors you know you're going to have the truly devout that are going to turn the other cheek and you know and 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 forgive and forget and then you're going to have one side you know the other side that is going to realize oh wait you know uh i might not get into heaven i you know i'm going to hell i might as well go out with the bang and it's going to have a you know the coup contra coup effect, you know, uh, uh, Newton's third law, you know, for every reaction is an equal and opposite reaction. And yes, so I believe that all of these things are incorporated to use a, uh, a way, you know, to, to use as a means uh, for them to implement contingency plans as a way to control us. And each one, if it fails, they have a default that they can revert back to. And that's where the aliens come back into play again, like I said, whereas you and I know that most likely they're time travelers, you know, whatnot. We're not talking about spooky beings that are here to eat your soul, you know, and eat you. You know, we're not talking about centipedes and, you know, arachnids, you know, that we've been propagandized to believe. Uh, And it's by design. The alien, the alien propaganda, I believe, is is to to turn the narrative away from not only time travelers but ancient time travelers that know things on a you know spiritual uh level that we have been purposely uh uh disillusioned from and you know uh persuaded to uh i don't want to say persuaded indoctrinated would be the word indoctrinated to question you know the the validity of what we're experiencing and and to take those people that are believers if all of this fails and and none of these uh control apparatuses actually you know work they can revert back to just discrediting religion in a whole you know by stating that you know these are not time travelers these are not beings from you know because you have to understand you know the different religions and for me i i it's hard to even talk about any of this without being fear you know without fear of being censored for you know or canceled for anti-semitism because i i know what you're getting at you know and there's a a specific uh narrative that you have to adhere to otherwise you lose you know the objective just by you know, the accusations of anti-Semitism. And I'm not anti-Semitic whatsoever. I literally have a memoriam bracelet here of uh, one of my fellow patients that I lost in uh, combat, mm. and uh, he was Jewish. And I wear his name on my arm every day. So anyone that wants to try to claim I'm anti-Semitic, you just don't understand, you know. And he actually converted to Christianity right before he died in Iraq, which to me was rather prescient as it was. Um, but the gist of what I'm trying to get at here is that uh, when it comes to being able to talk about these things, I'll go back to like Demolition Man, how they used 
that to portray what was about to take place. In that same sense, if you watch the show South Park, the cartoon, they did an entire episode on the religion of Scientology. Now, if you understand what Scientology is out of Hollywood, all right, and how they control their people, okay, this is how I'm circling back to your question. I know we're going on five minutes now, and I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you letting me connect the dots here. But again, so if you look at Scientology, it's out of Hollywood, all right? And if you hear the, you know, if you, I'm sorry, if you ascribe to the old adage that, you know, Israel controls Hollywood, you start to understand the South Park episode when it makes fun of Scientology. It goes into great detail about how Scientology believes that aliens were the original inhabitants of Earth and that they left and that they came back and that they're going to come back to rescue us from the devil. All right. This is what Scientologists believe. Now, if you understand the Jewish religion, that's exactly what the Jewish religion believes also. The Talmud states that they believe, and this is where 12 genders comes into play, and people don't grasp the, the, the heritage uh, that they espouse every day. They don't really understand the significance of it until you break it down like a fraction and it gets made fun of on a show like South Park who couldn't say the Jewish religion, but could say Scientology, which is the commercialization of the Jewish religion in Hollywood, mm. all right? And that's the key to that. And that's where the subterfuge comes into play. And on my old uh, nom de plume account, uh, Vanilla Gorilla, uh, I my signature on that was uh, fluent in subterfuge. I that, that was my signature on everything when I would talk about, uh, you know, certain political aspects involving like Seth Rich and stuff like that. Yeah. Whoa, that did not just happen. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Did you have okay, some you kind of slug. glitch? Okay. Yes, you did. Well, I, I won't say that name again. Then. <laughs> I, will okay. not, I will not say that name again, but that's the key to this is that if you understand how that propaganda was disseminated, and you understand the censorship that was behind all of that. And if you understand the significance of what that person did to die in the first place, you know, these are the things that I have been trying to deal with, you know, on a personal level to insulate myself, just having published a lot of these things. And uh, so if you take into consideration how they control that narrative and that you have episodes like the South Park episode that, is designed to try to fight back against that narrative by exposing people, you know, exposing the the premise of their goals without, you know, saying it outright. And that once once people understand that these things all have symmetry, that these religions all all have, you know, if you understand the Torah, the Jewish Torah, that is the first five books of the Old Testament Bible for the Christian Bible. Mm -hmm. And people don't know this. And when I tell them that they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And if that's why you have to understand that there was a Jewish sectarian civil war that took place in the 1940s that was called World War II, because there were two diverse sectarian Jewish ideologies that were being espoused and one was the communist ideology out of Russia, and then you had the Bolshevik, you had the Bolshevik uh, revolution there in Russia to take over. And then you also had the same ideology in the Weimar Republic in Germany, all right? And those were your Hollywood Jews, all right? That's what they call them. 
right, but that was the point is that if you understand what the Weimar Republic was, it, they attribute that to how Hollywood is now. Mm-hmm. And the connotations are the same. And if you understand that and you understand that there was a, 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 a profound push for transgenderism, 12 genders, the acceptance of all of those things, when you start to actually read what took place prior to World War II, the, the whole Nazi book burning, they were burning the psychological manuals for these doctors that were trying to aspire, these Jewish doctors that were trying to indoctrinate these children into believing that they had one of 12 genders. Mm. And so those were the books that were being burned. And people don't get that. And if you talk about that, you, they equate you to Hitler. And it's like, no, you have to understand. I'm not saying what Hitler did was right. I, I definitely do not espouse any type of violence whatsoever. Why? Because I'm a Christian and I believe that Jewish people need to understand that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the only one, the only way. And that, like I said, from my perspective, with my religion, understanding how all of these religions, having been in the Middle East and having seen firsthand the different aspects of all of these different religions, I can promise you Christianity is probably the safest one out of them all. And uh, and then on top of that, like I said, from my perspective, understanding the propaganda behind all of the anti-Semitism now here in the media, that's by design. So it's labeled as hate speech so that if anyone like me starts talking about the Epstein flight logs and the Epstein list, hmm. we're labeled anti-Semitic because Epstein was Jewish. And people don't get, again, coming back full circle, this is how they control us because they've been planning this for a long time. And now that Epstein list that's been sitting on the books waiting to be released since 2014, it's finally released 10 years later, conveniently by the judges who were ordered and bought and paid for by these establishments to release this now finally at a time when they can use it to their advantage and claim anyone that tries to reveal them or expose them, we're all anti-Semites because not only was Epstein Jewish, but probably just a coincidence that half of the people on there are also, you know, Jewish. And so again, you, we're just trying to state facts here and they literally take religion, weaponize it on a whole scale to where we are hindered in our ability to even expose the truth because they can just label it anti-Semitism because his last name is Epstein. Hmm. Well, I hope I hope right now we're kind of moving into a time where, you know, people who get caught up and hung up in those kind of that labeling of anti-Semitism and things, just when you're right. just stating facts, I mean, I feel like those people aren't going to, it's going to take a while for them to work through their conditioning and people who are already can see through that. I think those are the people that we're talking to already. But exactly. So uh, glad to see uh, Spectres sitting in on our on the podcast. Uh, I wanted to kind of uh, circle around with what we were talking about with um, old religions. And you kind of jogged in my memory the idea that, uh, you know, when I was younger, I did a little bit of studying of different religions and uh and one of the things I noticed was a really common thread was um, not just messianic myths or myths about uh, individual messiahs, but the idea that there was some kind of a um, non-human intelligent 
group that you know helps humanity in different points as and maybe right. you know promises to come back and help humanity in the future and i notice right. any of those religions that have those kind of myths also have built into them uh, a subservience to those groups you know like it, it jogged my my head too when you were talking about uh you know your your faith because i find right. that the your type of faith is always antithetical to that idea of there being these you know higher beings that we're supposed to uh that are that are going to bring us up into some kind of a golden age and it, no, it, it's well, that, well, yeah. that's that's actually what i was getting at with the old testament and the talmud was that they actually corroborate the uh original text and then if you look in to now the recent discoveries with the Sumerian tablets, AI is supposed to have been developed in a way that has decoded those Sumerian tablets with various other tablets that have been found all over the world. And they all tell the same story. They all not only tell that, that what that same premise about a higher being, a non-human being. Again, I, I used to say one man's alien is another man's angel, mm -hmm. right? In that same respect. And what these Sumerian tablets have found is that the story of the four fallen angels that were relegated to earth that that is the story in the talmud of these beings that came to earth that controlled earth and then had to leave earth and are going to come back to rescue us and give us a higher knowledge that's the jewish faith that is what they believe that is what the talmud says now if you understand the story of the four fallen angels and mount ararat all right and, or I'm sorry, Mount Hermon, that the four fallen angels were relegated to Mount Hermon, okay? And then from there, they spread out across the earth and they created these four advanced, highly advanced civilizations. This is where the Tower of Babel comes into play. I don't know if you've ever heard of the biblical story of the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. Do you know what that is? Yep, yep. Okay, so that, so that, that tower was a euphemism for the idea that these advanced civilizations had attained so much knowledge and technology that they tried to build a tower and it's not a tower in what we think I, to me it's a tesla tower it's a you understand it's a vibrational frequency that they achieved enlightenment that they were able to replicate this all right and then that's when god had created the uh the affliction where all of them didn't uh all of them were afflicted with different tongues and none of them understood their languages because the tower he destroyed the tower of babel and in these tablets it talks about this great flood that destroyed this advanced technological civilization which would be the tower of babel all right and that these beings had to leave earth all right and that they're going to come back all right and that's what the jewish religion states now if you understand this is where you said it was a myth that's the key to this is that the old testament talks about jesus christ all right mm -hmm. you have to understand the timeline of the old testament and the torah they were written a thousand years before jesus christ was born now jesus christ was not a myth he's documented as as having existed not only in the muslim uh uh uh, religious texts in the Quran, okay, but in China, they actually have the, the birth of Christ documented. It was actually documented at the time. It was not, of course, at the time, but, you know, a couple years later. Mm -hmm. But they do have documented proof that 
not only did Jesus Christ exist, but if you understand the Old Testament and the Torah, the Talmud would be like the Old Testament is to the New Testament. Do you understand that? So the Talmud was before the Torah, and the Torah and the New Testament were at the same time, and they separated these two different religions. Hmm. And so back to your, your premise that what the whole point of the Old Testament was talking about is it was telling of a Messiah that was going to come back to protect against these ancient beings that are going to come back to enslave us using that same technology. All right. If you understand what the Bible says, the Bible talks about how Satan owns the world. This is his dominion. God owns heaven and in Satan, this is his world. And so what has been able to be deciphered now is that that Jewish religion that is telling you that they're enslaved and that they're the slaves, okay, they're the ones that are really in control. And if you understand the timeline of their prophecy, they're waiting for their Messiah to come rescue them from themselves, okay, because they're the ones in control. They are the ones that control the media, the, the, the Hollywood disinformation, they control how we think, they control the technology. Again, you, the, the, and, and it's no shit. Again, it's, it's, it's not a fucking conspiracy theory. It is real. And because they believe that they are the chosen and that it is their duty to create this infrastructure so when their Messiah comes back with his angels, which are the fallen angels and uh, Lucifer, if you understand the timeline, again, this goes back to a whole nother conspiracy, which is actually the first conspiracy, which is known as the 13th month conspiracy, that there is a 28-day lunar cycle, that there's 13 months, and that every that 28 days times 13 is the perfect 365 days and that there was a 13th month remiss that was removed on purpose so that the entire timeline is thrown out of whack on purpose. So again, like I said, the Jewish people literally believe that their Messiah, who is the Antichrist, is coming back to rescue them from themselves. Hmm. And that is where this comes into play. This is how these old religions that are ancient because that's the, that's the Talmud is ancient. That is not only the foundation of their entire premise of this whole ideology of ancient beings being time travelers and coming back, but again, they call them aliens. They don't call them angels. All right, that is where. It, but it's it, in the Jewish text in Hebrew. I can't remember the damn word right now. But the gist of it is again, like I said, circling back to those old religions that you are literally espousing the Talmud verbatim and you didn't even realize it. Yeah. And, you know, I think I have a, my gut instinct tells me that this has to do uh, possibly too with the knowledge of uh, periodic cataclysms and that the kind of, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the background religion, the real uh, spiritual beliefs of, you know, people that you would call the elites or people that are knowledgeable about these uh, global plans for humanity. Uh, that's, that's something that if anyone ever tells me, you know, what's, what's really the, what's the whole point of all these, uh, like the Epstein thing or, um, you know, satanic uh, ritualistic uh, killings and like what's really the point of it of in terms of like why is it important to be aware of these things to me the thing I point right. towards is that it shows that there's a breakaway civilization there's 
that the people who are doing these things are not a part of our belief systems and are as in just like regular people that grew up, you know, just the way most people do. I mean, of course, nowadays I have my own belief system, my own uh, spirituality, but the people that are doing these things are part of a completely different thing. They're part of these older uh, religions that to me, because of how common their uh, elements are, they're almost like ancient cargo cults for whatever right. these interactions were. And, you know, in uh, in North America, you know, there's native groups that uh, talk about, here's one thing that I'll just go on a quick tangent on, is that there's, there's groups in like, say, the southwest of the U.S. that uh, talk about interactions with inner earth beings but then uh, the, the group that I'm uh, from in Taos, New Mexico, uh, in northern New Mexico, they have stories of interactions with beings that came from the sky in addition to right. inner earth beings. But to me, that just kind of doesn't, that doesn't mean anything necessarily because if a, you know, if a ship comes down from the sky, it could have came out of you know, the mountain first and then came down. Anyways, my point is, is that there's, we're living in a world where the, there's a public face to all of this that has nothing to do with what these people actually believe. And that to me, right. that like that idea of them being, uh, believing in the return of these, you know, higher beings or say, uh, some kind of periodic cataclysm that's on its way to me, that's a really good motivator to why they're treating the population the way they are. Because they're kind exactly. of, you can tell that it, to them, it doesn't matter what happens to us. That it's, they're, there's some kind of event that they're anticipating or that they're preparing for. And everything else is secondary to that. Well, when you talk about Epstein, the whole sacrificial, you know, uh, aspect of it and, you know, it's energy harvesting, you know, that's what it comes down to. It's literally energy harvesting that same vibrational frequency that we all admit, you know, that, you know, and that, you know, that they're, whether you call it a soul, whatever you want to call it, you know, that, that it's real, it exists, karma's real, you know, and to understand that from the control aspect you know, that you're right. We are literally food for them. And here we are, here's NASA, you know, sounding, sounding the dinner bell, dinner's done. Come, come eat. We're ready. We're ready for you to come eat us now, you know, and uh, sending out these signals that, you know, we are not only sentient and uh, knowledgeable, of, you know, but we think that we're, that we're going to be able to exist on their level when in all reality they created us in that respect. And that's where these fallen angels mated with the, the you know, the women and, uh, you know, the worldly women, which would be Native Americans. And, you know, and that is where this all actually starts, you know, uh, you know, in, in retrospect to, you know, how we've literally created their infrastructure for them like good little slaves. we got the technology set up for them now and they're going to harvest our energy, whether we're going to be used as batteries, you know, antennas, you know, back to the whole matrix, you know, uh, conspiracy that they were literally trying to, you know, prophesize 
a digital robot army for these beings to control us and harvest our energy as batteries. And that, you know, uh, that now looks like it's not only more true than ever, but after everything we just talked about, you know, with the control aspect, how would they be able to get to that end game without these things that we just talked about, these steps that, you know, they're already implemented? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's why that's why I still have some motivation to do what we're doing and uh, putting our voices out there because I it's my hope that at, at the very least, like worst case scenario, they get bold enough that they unknowingly, you know, uh, jostle people out of their complacency because on the track that we're going, you're going to have to, everyone's going to have to put in massive effort to not be completely immersed and inundated with these control systems. Like you're going to have to, you know, like we, people always joked about, you know, going in the woods and going off grid and all that. But I mean, you're going to have to, everyone's going to have to take steps in every single aspect of their life to make a conscious choice about, what right. they're going to be participating in. I mean, I'm already doing little things. Like I went back to using a flip phone. I don't, I'm not using you uh, you know, a full featured smartphone anymore. And of course I'm still going to be using the internet for things, but I'm, I'm slowly trying to work my life into that. I don't, I do not want to be forced to participate in the way that, you know, cities and, population centers are going already right now. I mean, the, there's, there's the, yeah, the, you know, the control systems are already there in a social and economic way. I think, you know, it's so hard for people to have any kind of security unless, you know, outside of these control systems, unless you're someone like who's a farmer or you're, you know, you do something where you're creating, you know, your own value in some way. And right. for the majority of the population, they don't, I don't think they have that luxury. They're beholden and at the mercy of whatever they decide to implement. Like there's, if you live in a big city, you're already a surf. You're already, a, it doesn't matter how much money you make. If you live in a big city, you're, you're just a part of whatever the whims of those groups are. I agree. I agree. That's where the Amish come into play. And having been raised in a family where I've had the opportunity to experience life in so many different ways, uh, you know, I grew up on the east side of Cleveland, um, you know, as a kid. And, um, you know, me and my me and my brother and my cousins, we were the only white kids on the block. I'm not exaggerating. And so I got to learn, you know, the only color there is is green. You know, that's the only color I recognize is green. And in that same respect, you know, being able to see how the Amish, my parents uh, got divorced and my mom moved us out of the city because she saw I was about to become the next Eminem. <laughs> and uh, so she moved us out to uh, the middle of nowhere and we literally had Amish neighbors. <clears throat> and I was, you know, a kid, 13, 14 years old and I just did not understand it at first. I didn't get it. You know, like you couldn't take pictures of them. They thought, you know, they believe that when you have a picture, when they have, uh, when 
they have a photograph taken of them that their soul is taken away, you know. And so when we go back to these old traditions, and if you understand, you know, the Amish and Mennonite, um, you know, uh, philosophy, uh, their way of life has been to try to lead by example. And you literally just described how they exist. You know, they have literally created little communities, subsidiaries, and they, you know, they control their own. But this is the sad part is that, you know, there's no Amish doctors, you know, and that's where I come into play, you know? And so I, uh, but I, I, there are, like I said, uh, that's where I come into play because Amish doctors, you know, would never be accredited. They could never get state board certified, but their medicine is not only therapeutic, but again, I don't see any of their children having autism. And uh, I'm pretty sure none of them got COVID uh, on a, on a scale, you know, whereas I'm proof, you know, I'm unvaccinated. And according to the media that was brainwashing you, I should be dead now. Not only am I not dead, but I can promise you, I know a lot of unvaccinated people like me that are still alive. And we know a lot of vaccinated people who are no longer with us. Mm -hmm. All right. And so you go back to the Amish and you go back to the whole ideology that their food now is being commandeered by the U.S. government. They're trying to sell raw milk. They're trying to sell beef that has not been inoculated with mRNA, you know, and because they refuse to get their cattle inoculated and states are coming in and shutting them down because again they're going to get that mrna technology in you some way or another and when you talk about being in these smart cities you know that if you are in a democrat controlled city a lot of your food probably already has that mrna technology in it already you know just seedless watermelon alone is genetically modified and people don't get that they don't understand you know that gmo when it comes to genetically modified organic that we've been propagated to go for organic go for organic (laughs) but you don't realize that that gm part at the beginning was purposely not put on there for the longest time it was just organic Hmm. and you realize it was genetically modified organic right and then you realize that that brand just like 5g it's a brand and that it's a brand on purpose because that's part of the propaganda campaign to like I said, control you and, and, and you're in these city centers, you're already subjected to it on a massive scale. Yeah. I think, uh, I think there's a good time to kind of, uh, kind of start wrapping up the podcast and kind of, uh, kind of go over what we, what we covered. I mean, the one thing that I know we didn't really get into, uh, deeper was that, uh, so what's the date today here? It's uh, January 9th. Now, just in the last week or so, uh, there was finally um, more do- the documents from different parts of the Epstein uh, scandal that got made available. Now, I don't, I really don't know much about it. You know, I haven't had the time to actually look at it myself, but I know you were telling me uh, earlier today that uh, you've, you know, gone pretty deep in uh, showing how the connections that stem from those documents and the lists are that misinformation. Yeah, that they're misinformation and that there's. Um, oh yeah. Uh, well, may just kind of give a little overview. Of what of you... Many. Yep. No, thank you for bringing that up because yeah, no, there. That's one list of many, and I had been researching this. Uh, 
way before it was even a thing. My professional career, a little bit about myself. Uh, I was in special operations and uh, I did some things. My, I have a twin brother who is a uh, state trooper. Uh, now he's head of motor carrier enforcement, tip of the spear for human trafficking, all the uh, uh, news stories that you saw of illegal immigrants dying in the back of uh, you know, trucks and, and whatnot, uh, you know, it's, it's a real thing and he combats it every day. So this is something that's been personal to me for a long time, just uh, having actually run narcotics trafficking interdiction operations in the military and then doing the same uh, after I got out. And so I have a personal, uh, you know, aspect to this that most people don't get to see and being able to read between the lines with what was released, uh, I I know that that list is from a case involving uh, specific clients from 2014. That's a client's list that when you understand the difference between criminal court and civil court, people get sued you know, as a result of their criminal actions if they're found not guilty or if cases are dropped. Uh, victims have a means to go through civil uh, court in order to uh, at least get some sort of financial justice. Well, this client list is a fake. Not only is it from 2014, but it's missing names on purpose. If you look at the case numbers, the way that this was designed, the propaganda narrative steers the conversation away from the fact that Epstein's case was closed after Epstein didn't kill himself. And that was by design. And that case was from 2005. It was a reopening of a case that he had already been a part of and had taken a plea deal. And they threw that plea deal out and opened that case up again to seal it on purpose. And the proof of that is Ghislaine Maxwell's trial was a completely different case number from 1997. Why? Because that client list, most of the people are already dead on that one. And it was nowhere near the amount of people that were going to be named compared to the Epstein trial. After Epstein died, the Trump administration had sealed the case and then closed it so that the victims could not sue. And this I say this because the Trump administration is the one who hired Attorney General Robert Barr, who is the same guy whose father gave Epstein his first teaching job at a fucking kid's school, mm-hmm. okay? So you have to understand the parallels of this are substantial. And the reason why is that when you look at these charging documents, just like in the Russian collusion narrative, propaganda narrative, that's bullshit. Why? There's no such thing as collusion in the federal statute. It's all, like I said, there's no charging document that has ever had the word collusion in it. That's why they use the word collusion, because in a charging document, if you were to put the word conspiracy in there, there's a bunch of statutes, federal and state level, where you can be charged with conspiracy. No such thing as collusion. All right. The real collusion, the real Russian collusion was Putin and Ivanka Trump being part of the WEF Young Global Leaders Forum. But we're not allowed, we're not going to talk about that. It's a whole nother story. <laughs> right. Back to Epstein. So the Epstein case was not only closed by <clears throat> Robert uh, Bob Barr, the attorney general, and then sealed. Then they dropped the Podesta case. And this is how I can tell you that the Epstein list that was just released is fake. Why? 
because neither Podesta brothers are on that list. All right. Not only are neither one of them on that list, but that's why they did what they did, playing the trick with the case numbers so that you thought that they that Ghislaine Maxwell was being prosecuted as an extension of the Epstein case when that was already sealed and closed. Okay, so you don't realize that those clients and those that list will never be released. It's gone. It was probably destroyed. Mm -hmm. And like I said, uh, conveniently right around the same time that Epstein didn't kill himself, which all of that is a lot to digest. I get that. But that's nothing in comparison, nothing in comparison to the fact that that attorney general, Bob Barr, he just happened to visit Epstein three days before Epstein didn't kill himself. Okay. Which that in and of itself, you had calls for uh, sessions to recuse himself over the Russia collusion, but not one Senator, not one politician called for AG Barr to recuse himself after Epstein killed himself conveniently three days after Barr had just visited him. Not one call from any of those politicians. Why? Because those are the same politicians that invested into those pharmaceutical companies that nobody wants to have an investigation about. Hmm. And it all circles back to the Clinton Foundation and the Trump Foundation. And that is why the Trump Foundation, there was a controlled demolition of the evidence that links back to Nexium and that Epstein list. All right. And the next part of this that allowed me to read between the lines is that the name Allison Mack all right, was on the Epstein list. And that is key because I have been writing for the last half decade since Pizzagate about how Nexium, the sex cult that Allison Mack, the Hollywood celebrity, was a part of, that Nexium was a part of the Epstein human trafficking operation and that they compartmentalized all of it by taking what would be a federal case, which would be the Nexium case, international human trafficking, a federal case, and they took it and they tossed it down to the New York AG Attorney General to prosecute it at the state level, to completely compartmentalize that from the Trump Foundation state prosecution also. And that was a controlled demolition to cover up the fact, uh, to, a controlled demolition of the facts to cover up the rest of the evidence that links back to the Clinton Foundation and Clinton Global Initiative. Mm. Now, you circle back to the Epstein flight logs, and you have to make—I have to make a distinction with this. These are FAA flight manifests, Federal Aviation Administration flight manifests that have to be logged every time a plane takes off. Now, the media keeps pointing at Epstein's flight logs, saying, "Look, Donald Trump flew on that plane two times." <clears throat> Again by design to steer the conversation away from the irrefutable fact that Donald Trump has had his own fleet of jets for a half a century, and not one of those journalists has submitted a Freedom of Information Act request to the FAA to see Donald Trump's flight manifest to see how many times Epstein flew on Trump's planes. Why? Because again, if you start looking at how many times Epstein flew on his planes, you start looking at other names. And those are the same names that flew on Epstein's planes that donated to the Clinton Global Initiative, Clinton Foundation, and Trump Foundation. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's where Allison Mack comes into play because she directly ties Nexium to Epstein and then proves that what that that the Nexium case should have been prosecuted as a federal case but instead like i said they covered it up by prosecuting it at the state level using a couple patsies and then like i said creating this whole propaganda storm to where you think stormy daniels and donald trump had an affair when in all reality stormy daniels 
was a recruiter for the Nexium sex cult, all right? And she was extorting Donald Trump for money because she was going to expose that Donald Trump was also part of the Nexium sex cult with Epstein and Bill Clinton, all right? And so when I started writing about this and publishing it uh, in 2018, asking these questions end of 2017, I started getting censored and silenced and hacked, and it was not a fun occasion. And uh, so I started making phone calls, having uh, served in the military and uh, in a law enforcement capacity. I started calling in favors. And uh, what's the chances that a year later, the head FBI agent in charge of investigating investigating the Clinton Foundation just happened to unalive themselves, kill themselves in a very public manner in a club in New York City on Trump's watch, right? After I literally had just went through channels to provide information that I had just talked about proving that not only was Donald Trump a part of the Nexium conspiracy, but that they all were and that this was something they had done purposely and intentionally and and that we were not only being conditioned into believing a certain aspect of this, but then now they come back full circle eight years later from a case from 2014 to finish the cover up and not one media, not one media outlet is reporting on it except for us. Hmm. And that is where we come into play, brother. Yeah. So that, that I'm glad you were able to really, uh, you know, give a good overview on that because my, my point in kind of ending on that is that when it comes to these human trafficking groups or these, uh, sex cults, whatever we want to call them, there hasn't been any disclosure on them, really. That was kind of the point right. that I want to end on is that, you know, I think, um, especially in conspiracy circles, it almost seems like people are getting, have gotten tired of hearing about these things. But why I wanted you to talk about it because I, is because I know you're one of the few people I know who knows what I said, that there hasn't been any disclosure. There's been these smoke screens, these, uh, Exactly. controlled demolitions of information and of these compartmentalized groups. And, you know, like that yep. Allison Mack uh, person that you brought up, you know, there's a reason why they allow certain parts of the story to get into the public eye, because that's ways so that people can kind of, it, it lets the public forget about certain aspects of it so that they can't connect uh, the the bigger picture. But we're going to just, uh, yes. let's just, I just want to get your last, um, kind of your parting thoughts here. We got to get going pretty soon, but I, this episode was really good. I'm going to definitely, uh, try to pull some little clips out of this one and the last show just to have little teasers to put out. But, uh, so just whatever you want to, um, put out there, just your final, final thoughts on things. Well, for you, brother, I uh, and I want to make it a point to everyone that's listening right now to understand, you know, what you are and what you are to me. And again, I promise I wouldn't say the word again, but here I am saying it. Uh, I can't help it, brother. You deserve the credit where credit is due. You could have sold out a long time ago. Like I said, you could have. Like I said, you could have put a casino on your land, created a nice little. <laughs> tax slaves you know you could have sold out for a pipeline you could have 5g towers but instead you 
stood up and uh, and made it a point to lead by example. And uh, and for me, that says so much about you and you know the sacrifices that you are making. And to me, again, I will always uh, be in gratitude for you, uh, you know, for your uh, for your endeavors and your aspirations, and for you to tell me that I motivated you again, you know, that was something that it, it made my day. You know, to know that my energy was able to be contagious for you, um, that that tells me we're going in the right direction. Well, thank you so much for that. I, um, I've spent, you know, a pretty good amount of years trying to, um, trying to, uh, help spread, you know, independent media and trying to promote people that are truth tellers. And I think I told you about it. I got burnt out over the years. I mean, I, I really lost my motivation after, you know, just the average feelings that people get of feeling like things are not uh, changing the way you'd want them to, or people aren't becoming aware like you'd want them to. But, uh, you know, I, to me, those are just small uh, perspective feelings. You know, if you look at, if you look at things in a broader sense, to me, our, our individual emotions shouldn't matter that much. Our intentions and what we do day to day is more important than what we, how we feel about the bigger picture. But anyways, I, I don't want to ramble too much. I just want to, uh, well, well, back to the bigger picture though, real quick, you had the foresight and, and the intestinal fortitude to realize that this information vacuum, you know, that trying to to approach this using their, you know, platforms was going to be virtually impossible. And and how we could ever, how could we ever escape the narrative that we are shills if they allow our information on those websites? You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so for you to take it upon you to create the Nobody's News website, to create the podcast, to make it all circle back so it complements each other knowing that again no one's gonna be able to say we're shills you know and that's the point behind this you know for 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 people to understand that you didn't have to do that you not only recognized the problem but then you solved it you know by yourself making it happen and that is where again i commend you brother you did things that uh nobody else had the uh the balls to do no pun intended <laughs> all right well i think that'll be a good uh place to end it like to uh, you just, have a good night, brother. You too, Will, and I hope that everyone uh, just doesn't let any of the stuff that goes on in the news cycles get them down too much. You know, make sure you're going outside. Make <laughs> make sure you're doing doing physical things, oh, and if you're so inclined, meditating breathing exercises. You know, do things that ground you in reality more because. You know, there's so many things that are trying to grab your attention, trying to form your perception these days that uh, you really have to be intentional about uh, grounding yourself, you know, so that, that's my only uh, advice for people. But yeah, this has been uh, Nobody's News Podcast and uh, yeah, stay tuned for 
all sorts of new things. I'm not going to try to tease anything because we're, we have so many ideas of things that we're doing that we're just kind of taking it day by day. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And we will be back again soon.